everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Episode 140 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Hope you had a nice break over the holidays. Now let's get to work. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Welcome to the Aggressive Progressive. Happy New Year. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. Thank you for liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing, telling your friends, tweeting about this podcast. And Happy New Year to everybody. I hope you had a great holiday. I know I had a nice, relaxing holiday. Didn't do too much. Did a little TV. Uh, did a little radio in New York City. Uh, stayed home. Family had COVID, as I said last week. Uh, they're out of quarantine now. We survived because we're vaxxed and boosted. And doing the right thing here. I didn't get it. Um, I tested I'm negative. I haven't even had a sniffle. Continued my run streak through the holidays. I'm over three years now. I'm into my fourth year of running every single day. And uh, maybe that's what's keeping me from getting COVID. Maybe not. I don't know. At some point in the future, scientists will have to explain to us why some people get it and others don't. Or did we get it and not know it and have it not show up in tests? I mean, I find it hard to believe that I live in a house with Two women who uh, got COVID, my wife and my daughter, my older daughter. And yet my younger daughter and I did not get it. So we have to figure out why some people get it and some people don't. Uh, That'll be something uh, for the scientists in the future. Until then, get vaxxed, get boosted, and move on, right? I mean, um, I don't know. I, I am not that concerned about getting it. I mean, I'm as concerned about getting COVID as I am about getting sick in general at this point because I am protected. And I'm sure six months from now, they'll tell me to get another booster and I will get it. Um, now my my younger daughter is eligible, so I will be taking her to get boosted uh, in the next couple of days. And uh, I think we should all be following these guidelines and doing the best we can. But I think that we need to not panic anymore. I'm really here's here's a pet peeve of mine. And I don't know if I mentioned this last week on the show. I'll mention it to you again now if I didn't. I'm getting tired of the news, all of the news, whether it be CNN, Fox, MSNBC, local news, giving me the numbers of people with COVID. And giving me the numbers of hospitalizations, which I think is the more important number. But when you tell me about hospitalizations, you should tell me every single time, were these people vaccinated? Were they boosted? And break it down by that. And when you're telling me numbers of deaths, you better tell me the number of vaccinated and boosted deaths. I want this data point. Because this data point is what really we should be concerned about here in America. Because as the president said a couple of months ago... This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. For those of us who have taken the precautions that are necessary to not only preserve our health, but to make it harder for the vaccine, excuse me, for the virus to be transmitted to others. Well, we should be knowing that that is working. Now, if it's not working, tell me. But given the fact that almost everybody I know in the past week or two has come down with COVID, or, you know, somebody close to them. 
and none of them went to the hospital. None of them went to the hospital. I think that that's a good sign. And, and again, these people are all vaccinated, most of them boosted. So there were very few hospitalizations in my peer group. I don't know, just my own little anecdotal evidence here shows that these things work and that if you're not vaccinated, maybe all of these precautions we're taking are all for you. And if you're the ones who are flaunting the precautions, I mean, if you go to a store and everybody in the store has got a mask on and there's one person walking around, usually a guy, usually a guy in his 40s or 50s or early 60s walking around without a mask on, I would bet you dollars to donuts, or maybe not dollars to donuts anymore because donuts tend to cost more than a dollar, but I bet you dollars to what donuts used to cost that that guy is not vaccinated. And we're the ones taking the precautions for him and he doesn't care. And I know I've asked this question time and time again on this podcast. Why are we still caring about these people? Now, I get it. Some of them have kids and it's not their fault, but aren't they responsible for their kids? Why? I mean, I, I, I've done all I can for these people's kids. I have done all I can. I've done all I'm going to do, frankly, for them. And I think it's time that we start really making these numbers clear to Americans. There were 50,000 cases today. There were 1,000 people hospitalized today. Of those 1,000 people hospitalized, 987 of them were unvaccinated. And the 13 that were vaccinated, well, uh, they had this condition. Or maybe they're in the hospital because they have a broken arm and they tested them for COVID and now they're in the hospital. Because there's some of that going on too right now. And that has been reported. In fact, it was reported that most people who in South Africa who they tested for in the hospital for Omicron who were vaccinated were in the hospital for other things. So I I really want to know hospitalized for covid and what their vaccination status is. Every single time it's reported, I'm tired of these breathless reports about how bad it is. And yeah, it's bad. And it's really bad if you're not vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, if I wasn't vaccinated, I'd be scared as hell. But science gave us a tool to fight back here. And some of us are utilizing that tool. Others think, eh, who cares? And for the eh, who cares crowd, I am. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say to you. There's not a lot I can do to convince you to get vaccinated. In fact, there's nothing I can do. I've tried, including people in my own family who I've tried talking to about this. I've tried to say, look, um, I start with the, uh, you guys do realize that uh, I've worked at the highest levels of government. I'm still connected with people at the highest levels of government. And if there was a government conspiracy to control you, I probably wouldn't have gone to Walgreens to get vaccinated myself. By the way, the most convenient place for me to do it. I, I guess I shouldn't have mentioned the actual name brand of the store that I went to, but that's where I went. I went on their app. I picked an appointment. That's how I got vaccinated. It was very convenient. Same with my booster, by the way. Went on their app, picked the time that worked for me, went there, got the shot. I was in and out in 15 minutes. Pretty freaking convenient. I had friends who were, you know, going to the New York State boost, you know, shot sites. And they were telling me, yeah, you know, it was pretty convenient. I waited in line for about 20 minutes. 
And then I got my shot. I'm not a guy who likes to wait on lines. I really, I'm really not. I can't stand waiting on lines. I like an appointment. So I did not go to the New York, you know, when, when the vaccine was rolled out, again, I was in a later group to get vaccinated. So I was one of the last of my friends because I had no pre-existing conditions. I wasn't a frontline worker. I mean, I guess I could have said I was in the media, but I wasn't going to pull that card. Who cared? I wanted to let people who needed it more than me get it. Um, And then when it was my turn, when it opened up for me and they opened it up to my age group and like two age groups younger than me, they were doing like every 10 years and then they just did like 30 years at once. Like everybody over the age of 20. <laughs> so uh, I got, I, I went online and it was kind of like trying to win a radio contest for a, for, but I, by the, by, you know, after a couple hours of trying, I got an appointment at Walgreens, went to that appointment, got my shot, had my follow-up shot, you know, four weeks later, boom. And when it was time, when the booster was made available to people uh, my age group and who had no pre-existing conditions, I went and I went online. It took me a minute to make an appointment that time. Nobody was, you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, problems getting appointments. Found one at the Walgreens by my house. The first time I had to go to Walgreens about 20 miles from my house. That's where I got the appointment. Maybe not 20 miles, 10 miles from my house. This one, I went to the Walgreens in my neighborhood. Walked in, showed him my appointment, sat down. The guy came out sticked me had to wait the 10 15 minutes i didn't wait the full 15 minutes i'll be honest with you i was like this isn't i'm not gonna have a problem here i'm not having a reaction i'm leaving um probably should have waited i know i know don't write me but i had many shots now and that was my third covid shot had no reaction for the other two didn't see why this one and i think these boosters are actually a smaller dose um than your original vaccination so i don't know why i would have a uh a reaction. The only reaction I had to it, I had no side effects, none, other than my arm was sore, which I always find weird. I don't. I mean, I get. I've gotten a lot of shots in my life. I don't remember my arm being sore. I get the flu shot every year. I don't remember my arm being sore, including this year. I got it this year. Um, also at Walgreens. I think I got it at CVS this time for the uh, flu shot. But it was very convenient. Got it in and out. So I tried telling these family members of mine, I'm like, um, yeah, I, I went to Walgreens and got mine. I didn't go to some secret government facility to get it. I went to my neighborhood Walgreens, got a shot. They didn't know who I was. There was no like special treatment for me. And if I'm willing to get it, what's your problem? I mean, don't you think I know? I mean, don't you think I'd be in on it if there was some sort of conspiracy to destroy the world? I mean, I'm not the biggest guy in the party, but don't you think I would have heard something by now? And I would have like, people have been telling me on the sly, hey, don't get it. You're one of us. No, that never happened because that's not what's going on. And let me explain something to all of you. Here's what you tell your friends who think that there's this big government cabal and that there's this secret society running government. Because I've worked in government most of my life and I'm around it. You know, I don't work in it anymore, but I'm around it. And here's what I know about people who work in government, especially people who are political appointees in government, who they're most afraid of. If there was a secret cabal running things, it wouldn't be secret for long because everybody who's in it and involved with it would get a pin that said they were involved with it and they'd want you to know that they were involved with it because that's the thing about people in government. They want to show you who they are connected to and what they're doing. And they want to brag about it. That is a fault in our system, but it's also, you know, a safeguard against these secret cabals running things. 
I'm sorry. They've got people have got better things to do. You know, I also tell people, well, aren't they trying to track me? Um, no, you're not that interesting. You're not that interesting. And if they really wanted to find you, they just find you from your cell phone. Everybody's like talking about, oh, Canada's tracking their citizens on their cell phones. Well, they agreed to the terms and conditions. I don't know what to tell you. Trust me, there's an app that's trying to sell you something that is tracking you right now because you agreed to the terms and conditions in that app and you are getting ads from something, uh, you know, because of where you are because that app is selling your data. So just be aware, you can be tracked right now if you have a phone. And if you're listening to this podcast, you have a phone. And I'm sure that your conspiracy-loving uh, aunt or uncle or cousin or sister, um, they probably found out about those conspiracies looking at their phone on Twitter or some other app. And uh, yeah, they're being tracked right now too. Not by the government, but by like Kmart. Because they want to make sure that when you're near a Kmart, you go to Kmart. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts is tracking you because they want to make sure that when you are within five miles of a Dunkin' Donuts, you stop in for a donut. I'll bet you dollars to donuts, Dunkin' Donuts is tracking you. Okay? <laughs> Just let's be clear. You're being tracked right now by someone. And, uh, you know, it's not destroying your life. They don't really care too much about you. They're just trying to sell you something. So I, I don't think the government is, is, is interested in what you're doing. Okay. Now what I've heard about this Canada thing is they're tracking people to try to, to find, you know, how these viruses are spreading. And I'm sure it's not as dubious as the right wing wants to make it out to be, but it is what it is. So it gives them their talking point of the day so they can scare you to death. So. Well, I've got no guests, so I'm going to take another break, and then I'll come back. I'm going to preview January 6th, because this is the week of January. Day after tomorrow is the anniversary of January 6th. A lot going on in Washington, so stay where you are. Buckle up, folks. The Car Pro Show podcast is here to rescue you from the doldrums of everyday life. And you can find it on iHeart, Apple, Spotify, or wherever your podcast cravings take you. What do we have here, doctor? Looks like yet another case of the Car Pro Show podcast giddies. Do you concur? I concur. And it's spreading like wildfire. I know, but the podcast is so powerful. Jerry and Kevin dish out all the juicy car news from the Car Pro Friends universe. They review and chat about the latest car lineups from all the big players in the industry. And they take live calls to help steer car buyers in the right direction it's highly addictive and impossible to shake do we alert the press are you crazy if more people discover the car pro show podcast and its cornucopia of car curriculum this thing will spiral out of control listen to the car pro show on iheart apple spotify or wherever your podcast desires take you brought to you by carpro.com where you now have a friend in the car buying business carpro.com <laughs> The Car Pro Show podcast is available on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify. I can't take my husband anywhere. He's constantly behaving like a five-year-old, snorting, joking, yapping with strangers. It's so embarrassing. But the one period when he's fully engrossed in anything is if he's listening to the Car Pro Show podcast. Here they are now on the Car Pro Show. Mm. 
He gets to hear Jerry and Kevin share all the latest and greatest news and information about the CarPro Friends universe, reviews and commentary on all the newer vehicle lineups from every major brand, stories and testimonials about ultimate car buying experiences through CarPro.com, and certified CarPro Friends at dealers nationwide. My only regret is when this two-hour break from you-know-who ends. Save yourself. Grab some me time by tuning into the CarPro Show podcast on your device anytime, anywhere. Listen to the CarPro Show on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by CarPro.com, where you now have a friend in the car buying business. CarPro.com. I'm Chris Hahn, the Aggressive Progressive. Check out a new episode of the Aggressive Progressive podcast every Tuesday. You know, the election is heating up just as the year is winding down. Stick with me. I'll tell you the truth as I see it. Download the Aggressive Progressive on Pandora or wherever you get your podcasts. I got to tell you, I love doing these podcasts without a guest because it's so much easier for me to do. But I will be back next week with a guest, back to the radio grind of my syndicated show. So I should have a good guest on Thursday. And when I have that good guest, I will put that guest in the podcast. I don't yet know who that guest is, but we'll book somebody and we'll put them on the show. And hopefully you like that person. Um, So January 6th is Thursday. Uh, If you're listening to this on Friday, it was yesterday. Uh, But January 6th is Thursday. And CBS News put out a poll yesterday that should disturb us all because 62% of Americans expect that there will be violence uh, by the losing party uh, in 2024. Now, they're not saying they support violence. They're just concerned that the losers will uh, act out violently in the wake of the election. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I am probably one of the people who would say undecided. I don't want to say yes or no to that, but it is disturbing that a lot of people think that. I will also say that there was another poll that came out that said 40% of Republicans think that violence is sometimes necessary. Um, in these political conflicts, and 20% of Democrats feel the same way. About a third of Americans feel that it's okay to use violence. Um, That's not what we're about in this country, and if we get to that, we will no longer be what we've been uh, for 240 years. Uh, I I hope to God that it doesn't come to that. I don't believe it will, uh, at least right now. Uh, but I do think that it's disturbing that people think that way and they think that that, you know, resulting the violence is I mean, I, I, I gotta I gotta think that these people are, are desperate in their personal lives if you think that it's OK. I don't think a lot of people who are raising families and who are happy uh, in their careers and, uh, you know, in their place in, in the world would believe that way. And that speaks to a problem in America that's deeper than just politics. Right. It speaks to a problem in America that has to do with poverty and uh, jealousy to some extent. You know, we live in this world where everybody wants to show you, you know, all their luxuriating, uh, even if it's just a moment and we we see it and there's a lot of this, you know, jealousy, envy that comes out of it. So people think that the political system is keeping them down. And to some extent, they're right, right? I mean, we have not had a system that has produced equity. Although I do believe that in the last year, uh, under President Biden, the Democratic Congress, there has been a movement towards equity. And by the way, a movement that started uh, during COVID 
when we did give these great benefits to people, whether it be the chi- whether it be the uh, unemployment uh, you know bonus, I guess you'd call it, uh, that really helped people get through the pandemic. But then when you know Biden passed his American Rescue Plan back in uh, January, February of 2021, the child tax credit lifted a lot of people out of poverty, particularly children in this country. So there was a movement towards equity. But I think that this inequality in America is what's leading to this tension, right? It used to be the rich were rich, but they weren't like out of reach, right? Like being rich was not out of reach to most Americans. I think what happens today is a lot of Americans see, you know, these billionaires like blasting off into space and they see it, right? They see it every day. You didn't used to see it every day. There was always the super rich in this country, but now you see it every day. It's in your face. And it seems out of reach. You know, you're making 70 grand or making 40 grand a year in America, which might be a good job. And, you know, and you're seeing these people spending, you know, $300,000 to get blasted into, sorry, 20 million. I don't know what it costs. It's a lot of money to get blasted into space. Millions of dollars. These guys spending all this money. You see cars that cost $150,000 that are coming off an assembly line. Used to be if you saw a Lamborghini. Wow, I saw a Lamborghini today. Now you're seeing $100,000 cars every day. And people are posting about it on social media and people getting envious of it. And I really think that that's what's leading to some of the strife in this country. And the, 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 the bad part about it is a lot of the people who want to get violent who are the working poor in this country, they want to get violent against the people who are trying to lift them out of poverty. Because those people are also trying to lift all people out of poverty, whether they be uh, white or black or Latino or Asian or gay or transgender. I, they want to, they want equality for everybody and they're being told by charlatans on the right that these people are taking away your opportunities not the super rich people that are hoarding all the wealth for themselves no 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 it's the other working class people that are taking away your opportunities you should hate those people who are trying to bring those people up that's who you should hate and they've bought into it and I don't know how you change their mind. I mean, I guess I no, I do know how you change their mind. I'll tell you how you change their mind. You you introduce them to people who have the same problem as they have, and you get them to understand that we are all in this together. And the way you get them to understand it is to really get them engaged with people in similar economic conditions to them. I, I don't know why. I mean, look, I mean, it's amazing to me that we live in a country where where it appears that, you know, the working class wants to fight amongst themselves. I mean, I guess that's the plan, right? I guess that's what the plan was. Keep these factions fighting against each other so they don't take out the rich. That was the original intent here. But now we're coming to a point where, you know, people don't want to take up arms against this country and it's going to destabilize everything for everybody. 
And I hope to God that doesn't happen. And I'm going to work like hell this year to make sure it doesn't happen. And quite frankly, I think the thing we need to do, you know, Donald Trump is taking on a few Republicans. Lisa Murkowski, Liz Cheney. I almost feel like I got to go to Wyoming and campaign for Liz Cheney. Not that my help, not that I would help her. Uh, maybe in a general election, if, uh, if she runs as a third party candidate, maybe I will go to Wyoming and campaign for Liz Cheney among Democrats in Wyoming. Because believe it or not, there are some. And if she could get all the Democrats and 15% of the Republicans, she's going to win in Wyoming. And same thing with Lisa Murkowski. Lisa Murkowski is from Alaska. And frankly, she's lost the Republican line before. And I don't understand why we don't have Lisa Murkowski in the Democratic caucus at this point. They've, they've already announced they're not going to support her. Liz Cheney's in a primary, which she'll probably lose, right? Because Trump's the guy. But these are the people Trump's going after. And if we could get them back in office... Uh, it'll be a black eye to Trump, a black guy he may not recover from. One of the things I saw over the weekend, which gave me hope, a lot of people are like, oh, 54% of Republicans want Donald Trump to be the nominee in 2024. How great for Donald Trump? I'm like, that's not great for Donald Trump. That means 46% of Republicans don't want Donald Trump to be the nominee in 2024. And at this point, you would think that it would be a lot more than that based on all we hear about, oh, Trump, 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 Trump. No, clearly not. They haven't settled on another candidate. Oh, DeSantis is second with 13%. Yeah, they don't know who Ron DeSantis is. We know who Ron DeSantis is because we're political junkies. But most people outside of Florida don't know who Ron DeSantis is. Period. They don't know enough about him to say they want to vote for him for president. So Trump take a couple losses in the midterms. He'll pretend to run for president for a couple more weeks, but, you know, because he wants to, he wants to scam the money out of his friends, or not his friends, out of, out of people who don't have enough money. These, you know, working class people who believe that this guy's going to help him, even though he didn't for four years, but they still believe in him because I guess he's going to fight off those Mexicans who are coming in across the border, who are coming to take their jobs that they don't even like. So I guess, I guess they'll keep giving him money until he says he's not running again, but I don't think he's running. And the way to get him out is to beat him now. So let's get to work, America. We got a busy year ahead. I guess I wanted to talk about January 6th a little bit too, but you know what? There's always next week for that. All right, I want to remind you now, as I always do, to seek the truth, question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.